What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the College Football Degenerates podcast. And it's a sad day today because it's it's the end of the college football season. And, you know, it's very exciting to, you know, look at the preview we have for the championship games and the bowl games and the playoff and all those things. The regular season is over. And, you know, welcome to Michael to the show. It felt like it went by quickly. I don't know. I feel like we always say that, but man, I can't believe it's over. Yeah. I mean, I'm about to shut it to you, man. College football regular season's over. Um, the greatest sport in the world. Getting into bowl game. We're getting into conference championship week. We got conference championship week at the Army Navy game, and we got bowl games. We got playoffs. And speaking of bowl games, before we get into the meat of the show, I just want to congratulate my JMU Dukes for making a bowl game. The NCAA didn't want it to happen. They hated JMU. You know why? Because we are making moves in the college football world, in the college world as a whole. Charlie Baker is in shambles. Uh, we have college game day here, making a crazy scene, which we didn't talk about last week. Sorry for not getting out of the episode, but you got to understand Thanksgiving, okay? Family comes first. Remember that. Football. Blight second. Sometimes beforehand. Unless, if it, you know, if it's a fall wedding, okay, you got to explain. It's college football season. Thanksgiving special time. And I didn't talk about it, you know. Game day was here. They lost some call, whatever. Uh, you know, there's some. It doesn't matter. Okay, they're eleven and one. Made a bowl game. Charlie Baker's in shambles right now. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see. I, you know, it would be really funny. There's some talk. Uh, like I was looking at some projections for bowl games, and Fox uh, Sports they have us playing in the Duke Mayo Bowl which would be really funny. The Dukes and the Duke Mayo Bowl. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Um, and also, I mean, for the some, there's some people that are out there doubting JMU, saying they play an easy schedule. And some of those people are fans of the team that has the easiest schedule in college football. The 130th out of 130th strength of schedule, according to ESPN. JMU this year, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight all eligible teams this year. They did. Um, that's really that's obviously really impressive. Uh, the Sun Belt as a whole, I mean, hey, they might be the best conference in the nation. They had twelve teams make a bowl game this year, but yeah, enough of JMU. I about to say, let me just let me just interject for one second. Okay, I'm okay, happy okay. for you. I'm happy for JMU. But you said let's talk about it for a second. And the people need to know. We got a lot of important stuff to get through this episode. And no offense, but a okay. lot more important than JMU after they okay, blew it. Okay, versus okay, App State. Okay, App State. They blew it. No, they wrong. blew it. They're no longer relevant. No one cares they're in a bowl game. All aboard the Liberty Train. However, 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 hey, 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 
I don't want to hear your rebuttal. You know what I do want to hear? No, no, you listen to me. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear your opinion on the only game we're going to talk about from last week. And yes, that's a very speedy segue into a not-so-speedy game. Let me say it was kind of a slow-paced game. And you guys might think you know what the game of the week is, but since I said slow-paced, you're all, including you, Michael... All of you are probably thinking it's Big Ten football, and you would be right. You know, you got Kyle McTrash versus J.J. McCarthy, and, you know, might be a little foreshadowing, but, Michael, give give me your thoughts on what happened. I mean, huge game, huge implications. How how, how did you feel it went? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we got to talk about all Honda McCord. Um... You know, if uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is Maserati Marv, as Gus Johnson points out every time he makes a play, Al McCord is Honda McCord, okay? He is not the Ohio State quarterbacks that we are used to. And we've been saying this all year, but I, I thought deep down Ohio State would figure out their offense. And they never really did. Um, Al McCord kind of cost them the game. I uh, wasn't t- atrocious or anything like that. He's had worse performances. When you look at it, uh, he was 18 of 30, 271 yards passing, two touchdowns and two interceptions. But those two interceptions came at the worst time possible. Uh, the first one led to a Michigan touchdown, and the second one ended the game. You know, when you look at it, um, really what cost Ohio State this game is the same thing that has cost them the last two games. That is the fact that Michigan outrushed them. When you look at it, when Michigan it outrushes Ohio State, uh, Michigan U has won, but you know, there's three in a row. Uh, and I, this was easily the best Ohio State defense out of the three, and I thought Ohio State's defense looked good. Um, but I felt like they gave up some plays when it mattered. Uh, their just offense wasn't um, nearly to the level that it should have been. Uh, not to say that Ohio State played bad. I thought Ohio State played good, but just not good enough to win. Uh, Michigan wasn't great either. Uh, when you look at McCarthy, uh, he was 16 of 20, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Blake Corum, he had himself a day, uh, 88 yards, two touchdowns on 22 carries. Um, this was not some explosive game from Michigan. Um, this was not the game like last year where um, it Kind of turned into a bit of a blowout. But also on like um, last year, I don't know if Ohio State is going to backdoor their way into a bowl, um, into a college football playoff spot. We'll talk about that later. But, man, um, I mean, th- this was – if you want to talk about high stakes, this was easily one of the most high-stake games in recent memory, regular season-wise at least, um, you know. And you look at it, Ohio State, uh, they didn't make, again, they didn't play a 
bad game, a terrible game, but they made some timely mistakes and Michigan took advantage of it. That's what I got out of it. Uh, good win for Michigan. Uh, y'all still cheated, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, was, was, do you have anything else? Oh, that's good. Oh, okay, okay. I just... um. Michael, I, I'm gonna be honest. You you might wanna you know slightly cover your ears for a second, and you know the people at home maybe turn turn the volume down a little notch, okay? Because I want to be pretty blunt when I say this, okay? And I know there's a lot of reasons to say what I'm about to say is wrong, but I'm of the full belief that Ryan Day needs to go, okay? Yes. He might be almost undefeated versus every other team besides Michigan and teams they've played in the playoff. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Do you know why Urban Meyer stayed at Ohio State so long? It wasn't just because he was good in the regular season. A lot of people can do that with the schedule. He was undefeated versus Michigan. Okay? And yes, he might not be able to control himself in clubs. He might not be able to be a good NFL head coach. But dang it, he could beat Michigan. Okay? He can't control his locker room. No, he can't. No, he can't. But that doesn't matter. Because what matters when you're the coach of Ohio State is not your conduct. Okay? It doesn't matter how you look, what your family looks like, how much money you make. It's if you can beat the Michigan Wolverines. Okay? Because let's be honest, people are going to say, oh my gosh, national championships are what matters. Playoff wins what? are more important. Yes, they are. But you're not going to get there without beating Michigan. And Ryan Day has not been able to do that. So, you know, obviously, if you want to look at the game and how the actual game played out, Michigan controlled it. Ohio State had spurts. Michigan would weather the storm. But the moral of the story is, Ryan Day has got to go, okay? And, Michael, since you didn't really touch on this, do you think he needs to go, or do you think you think they should keep him? Because, again, I'm not discrediting what he can do the rest of the season. But, frankly, that doesn't matter because th- this is the game he has to win if they want to go to the playoff and want to win national championships and want to get over that hump. And he hasn't been able to do that with one of the better recent quarterbacks in the last five years, the probably a top three wide receiver room all of the past three years, sometimes number one. And this year, probably a top ten defense in the nation. Um, My thoughts are on that. I don't know. Uh, they're kind of mixed. On the one hand, do I think he's going to get fired? The disappointment of a lot of Ohio State fans. No, I don't think he's going to get fired this year. However kind of hedge my bet, if you will. I wouldn't be surprised if he would. On the account that there are certain jobs in college football that you have to win this game, win a game, or if you can't, if you can't do that, then they're going to get rid of you. Uh, again, example I go back to is uh, Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Um... He won some big games against Alabama, and he won a few against Georgia as well. Um, however, later into it, he 
wasn't getting – he was playing Alabama – his teams were playing Alabama close, but they weren't beating him, and he wasn't beating Georgia. And if you're at Auburn, you're really judged on how well you do against Alabama and how well you can do against Georgia. At Georgia, okay, here's another one. You're judged on how you do against Auburn and really how you do against Florida. Mark Richt, he got fired because he lost Florida one too many times. Really and truly, that's what it was. And he couldn't take Georgia over the hump. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Ryan Day? I mean, Georgia, if there was a four-team playoff when Mark Rick was at his like best, they would have been in there. But I don't know if they would have won the national championship. I mean, they got really close. Uh, the closest was, I want to say it was like 2011, 2012, when they played Alabama in the SEC championship game. Came short by only a few yards in that game. Alabama went on to destroy Notre Dame in one of the least competitive national championship games of all time. And at Ohio State, you are judged on how well you do in the Michigan game. Uh, if you're a coach and you think, oh, that's unfair, that's unfair. Maybe the job's not for you, you know? And whether it's fair or not, it doesn't particularly matter. Ryan Day has lost to Michigan, not one, not two, but three times in a row. He has had two times. He's had a quarterback in C.J. Stroud who is destroying the NFL right now. He's going insane. One of the best rookies, if not the best rookie season from a quarterback ever. He didn't make a single playoff game with him. Oh, he made a playoff. He made one playoff game, which he lost. He played, Ohio State looked really good in that game against Georgia, but they lost. They didn't win. And they don't hang up banners. They don't, you know, they don't give out trophies for looking good in a loss in a college football playoff game. They don't give out trophies for almost beating Michigan for the third time in a row. Um, and frankly, of how good this year's defense is, you know, I don't know if they're going to have a chance, you know, um, I don't know what it is. And, for, you know, I'm saying, you know, what, but the point is when you look at this game, there was no Jim Harbaugh, um, but out coached him two years in a row, but there was Sharon Moore. Jerron Moore outcoached Ryan Day himself. Um, so I don't know what's the future for Ryan Day. Maybe getting in a new quarterback would be, you know, big. But you know, he he recruited those guys. He recruited, you know, Honda McCord. Um, you know, it's it's crazy that despite having arguably the greatest college, the best college football player. In the get in the league right now, in Marvin Harrison Jr., didn't make a single Big Ten championship game. Didn't make a single. I didn't uh, beat Michigan once. And Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. never beat them. Never beat Michigan. Never made a Big Ten championship game. If you told Marvin Harrison that at the start of his career he won the world, you know, and Ryan Day, he's only lost what six, seven games, but those games have been very important. I don't know if he's the guy for Ohio State. Not to say that he can't be, but what we said last year, that's what a lot of people were saying. Oh, you know, he'll take that step. He didn't take that step this year. 
I don't know what the future holds for um, Ryan Day, but uh, it's not looking good. His seat is definitely hot. And I wouldn't go as passionate as you went, Toby, but you know that's how I'm feeling about Ryan Day. Yeah, I was about to say, I am... Um... I'm not going to say anything else about it because you all know how I feel. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's definitely up in the air, but I would lean more towards getting fired. And, um, Michael, I know we were excited about this. We have a special treat for y'all. And, um, no, sadly, it's not the merch. We're still working on that. You know, hopefully it'll get done soon. But it is a once-a-year podcast segment. So if you're listening to the episode right now, it is well worth it because we're only going to do this one episode out of every year. So it is basically, uh, there's really not a name for it. I'm not going to lie. We just go over a, like, we're just going to name our most disappointing player, disappointing team, disappointing coach, and then most surprising player, team, and then coach. And we're not going to okay. give any explanation. That's the thing. We're not. We're just going to state them. So no Michael, no, no explanation whatsoever. Just gonna state them, and um, gosh, there's there's so many for each category, but we just gotta, you know, narrow down. I guess you can give a little bit of explanation just because there's so many. But um, all right, Michael. First, we'll do most disappointing player, and um, you can go first. Gotta go with Sam Hartman as my pick for most disappointing player this year. I had a lot of expectations for Sam Hartman. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's has a lot of experience in college football. And uh yeah, Sam Hartman is my most disappointing player. Uh I had a lot of expectations for him coming into the season. And he's 24 years old. He's played a lot of college football. Uh, I thought he would take Notre Dame to a lot further places than he did this year. He looked good coming out in that first game against Navy. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, it is Navy, but uh, the eyes don't lie. I mean, looked good. But, man, he just, yeah, I mean, he kind of regressed throughout the season. A lot of that could come down to offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator there needs to go. Um, you know, I felt like there was a lot of places I could have gone with this. You know, a more obvious one being Joe Milton. But again, I think the expectation not incredibly high on him from a lot of people that knew the game, so I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Drake May. Huge mm. expectations going into the year. He didn't have a bad season. But this was just not the same Drake May we know and love. He did not look amazing at the start of the season. And at not one point this year did I ever think he was the best quarterback in college football or even a top three, top five guy this year. He just had a pretty lackluster year. You know, you cannot blame a quarterback for losses, but losing to UVA and Georgia Tech when you're undefeated, I mean, unacceptable, especially when you have a running back as good as you do this year. I want to be brief, but um, most disappointing player is definitely Drake May. Um. Moving on, we have um, most disappointing team. It's a lot of it's a lot of places you can go with this, Michael. Um, where, where do you where do you th- who do you think is the most disappointing team? It's very obvious for me. Um, 
Now, I could say South Carolina, who really disappointed, but uh, but it's without a doubt USC. Um, I had USC as a playoff team, and they lost every big game they were in. Uh, yeah, it, it has to be USC. USC is by far and away the most disappointing. Uh, just simply yeah. put, the defense regressed so hard. Caleb Williams was not as good as he was last year. The, the offensive line was worse. The receiving room was where everything that could have gone bad for USC this season did. I was very disappointed in him and USC and Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah. You know, that was obviously the answer, but... Um, since you said that, I guess we could do some honorable mentions. I think coming in second, people can say the expectations weren't as high. You have to throw TCU in there, going to a national championship, and then not even making a bowl game this year. Crazy turnaround. Mm. Shows you what a couple good players can do for your team. And then Florida, man. I mean, very disappointing. I was going to say South Carolina, too, but... I wouldn't throw Florida in there on the fact that I didn't I didn't expect them to make a bowl game. I said before the year that they weren't making a bowl game, um, and they didn't make a bowl game. Now it is disappointing when you look at it how how close they were. You know they tried. They they really tried. You know they gave it. Yeah. You know they gave it a good shot, but you know Billy Napier's not the guy. That's fair. Um, moving on to uh the last disappointing category i'm gonna go first just so i can seal it before you i feel like the answer is pretty obvious it's got to be jimbo fisher man i mean when you have a team that bites the bullet that hard on you to just pay that much money to get rid of you i mean a close second maybe mario cristobal but man jimbo fisher what a disappointing year michael who's your guy uh there's a lot of places i can take this one as I was saying, Lincoln Riley earlier, um, and you know I, I'm I'm gonna get lay off of USC for a little bit, and not where would I go? There's a lot. There's a lot of coaches that were very disappointing this season. Um, you know what? No, it's, it's Lincoln Riley and USC. That's what it is. Um, the offense regressed as well. I mean, the fact that it took that long to fire Alex Grinch. The entire world could see plain as day that Alex Grinch was not the guy. That, I mean, the, the, now this goes back season. He should have fired him in the offseason. Um, and he didn't. He said, oh, no, he's not the problem. And then uh, when they – I forgot what game it was. They lost, and they asked, oh, is the same defensive problems here that was here last year still here this year? No. Oh, uh, no, it was Alex Grinch. Everyone knows it's Alex Grinch. I mean, when he was at – Alex Grinch was at Oklahoma. The players were out of position, and he didn't have the right athletes. He didn't have the right guys. He goes to USC. It's the same thing. He doesn't – The everyone is out of position – Players are getting worse uh, at USC. Uh, Bear Alexander's freshman year at Georgia was a pretty good defensive lineman. He was almost a no-show for most of the year. 
and really disappointing, especially for a guy in Lincoln Riley that I have high expectations for. Someone like Jimbo Fisher. I expect Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M to finish eight and four. Uh, and did they finish um, seven and five? You know, uh, not good enough for uh, for Texas A&M to keep him with how much money he's getting paid, but. I mean, I expect them to finish 8-4, and four, so 7-5 is not a surprise for me. But, I mean, with how talented that team is, it is very much disappointing. But Lincoln Riley is my pick. Fair enough. Um, moving on, most surprising player, and I, I guess I mean this in a good way since we just talked about disappointing. Most surprising player, this is like such a broad category. This is Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many places to go with. Oh, um, honestly, I'm gonna go two guys very briefly. All right. One, this might be kind of crazy. I'm gonna say Carson Beck. As crazy as this is, and as many plays people you could go with this. Carson Beck has been above and beyond what everyone think he would do. And Michael, you're a Georgia fan. I know people had high hopes, but I mean, he has been insane this year. I told you he was going to finish as a Heisman contender. Yeah, but you're also, you know, very biased and delusional at some points. And, you know, most people did not expect that. That's not the point. That's not the point. I I wasn't saying Stetson was going to finish as some Heisman uh, finalist when he did. I mean, I, I just call it out his. And uh, now I will say Carson Beck has surprised me. I, I didn't realize his processor was as good as he was. But yeah, Carson Beck's had an amazing year. Uh, yeah, that's a hundred percent. Who's your, your other player? My other player is just going to be Jalen Milrow. I mean, you get past that Texas game. I mean, he's been absolutely insane. He not only playing, but he turned into the guy that no one thought that he could turn into. And yes, I probably wouldn't be saying this if they didn't convert that fourth and 31 versus Auburn, but they did. And he's been that guy, and he's totally turned around the Alabama season. So you got to give it to him. And again, those might not seem like great picks because of how broad the category is, but sometimes you got to narrow it down. So um, who are you going with this pick? I'm going to go with... You know what? I'm going to throw out two names myself. I'm going to okay. first, I'm going to start with a quarterback. That's going to be Jaden Daniels. Um, Jaden Daniels, he was a guy that I really liked at LSU. I thought he was really talented. And LSU, that's another team that I could throw in my disappointment because there was another team I had in the playoffs. But good, and that was because then the reason why LSU was disappointing has nothing to do with their offense. It's everything to do with their defense, which I thought would have taken a step. They took a step back, whatever. Um, Jaden Daniels, I mean, there were people, there was legitimate people that were saying, we want Garrett Nussmeyer to be the quarterback after what he did against Georgia in the SEC championship game when they took Jaden Daniels out. Jaden Daniels is was... You know what? I'll spoil. It. He might. He's probably my Heisman pick. Uh, I mean, he was ridiculous this year. When you look at the stats, he had three thousand eight hundred twelve passing yards. Uh, if he plays the um, the bowl game, he'll have 
over 4,000 passing yards, in my opinion. Um, 40 passing touchdowns, only four interceptions. He also had 1,134 rush yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. 50 total touchdowns. I mean, the man was ridiculous this year. The human first down machine. Uh, he was ridiculous. And the other guy I got to go with is um, Ollie Gordon out at Oklahoma State. You know, I did not have a lot of expectations for Oklahoma State. I looked at their team. I said, you know, I like all. Uh, I like their their schedule. Their schedule's real easy, easy. But um, how are they going to score points? Well, it's Ollie Gordon. Um, Ollie Gordon, a sophomore last year. I mean, he wasn't anything crazy. He had sixty-two carries, three hundred eight yards, and two touchdowns. Um, and obviously, that was his freshman year, but. Nothing could have prepared me for the fact. I mean, he went out there. He had fifteen one thousand five hundred eighty eight, one thousand five hundred eighty rushing yards and twenty rushing touchdowns. I mean, he put Oklahoma State on his back in numerous games, including the most recent one against BYU. Um, I mean, that was extremely impressive. Uh, props, Solly Gordon. He came out of nowhere. Uh, really good. Those are um those are some good picks. Um, last two questions. I'm gonna um include them both with the same answer, basically, because I think they're more than obvious, in my opinion. At least the team definitely is most surprising team, the Missouri Tigers. I mean, come on, they're top ten coming into the year. Me and a lot of other people didn't even think they'd reach five wins, and then most surprising coach, a lot. He like. Drinkowitz. I mean, the guy's a legend. I mean, he talks a big talk, and Missouri has walked a, a big walk. I mean, the closest team to beating Georgia this year, and they might end up being the closest team to beat Georgia. I mean, insane turnaround. I kind of assume he's going to win Coach of the Year, although Caleb DeBort does exist, so that is always possible. But man, crazy to see Michael. Who you got for those picks? Um, I'm going to do the same thing where I'm going to do, um, the team and the coach is from the same team. Um, there was a team out there. I don't know if we've talked about it enough on this, uh, podcast. And I know for a fact, the national media hasn't talked about it, but there was a team that won one game last year. It went one and 11. Okay. Oh, oh, I know who you're Okay. Okay. This is nice. One, they went one and 11. This coach came in, and he blew every expectation out of the water. And there was another coach that took over a one-win team. He won four games. I'm talking about Deion Sanders at Colorado. And everyone's like, give Deion Sanders time. Give him time. No, he's going to bring – He's, you know, he, he took over for a one-win team, but he rebuilt the entire team through the transfer portal. I mean, he said he's coming there and he's bringing Louie. Um, oh, well, you know, this year, okay, he's got his recruiting class, which is seven – which was seven if they've lost some players. They've lost three – they have in the last 24 hours, three decommits. Uh, and then all the training, whatever. Not to harp on that. There's a one-win team, okay? And 
whatever you thought of the Colorado situation, this was worse. Okay. This was much tougher. Now, Big Ten West, fine. Okay. Spoil it. Okay. The team is Northwestern and the head coach is uh, David Braun. Okay. He got, he took the job with two men, with two, like a month or two left in the season. And uh, yeah, July. July. He took over the job in July. And there were many players who had left. Okay, they were a very untalented team. They fire uh Pat Fitzgerald, who had been there for a long time. Their over under win total was one of the lowest of the year. I don't remember what it was. Everywhere had them finishing last in the Big Ten West. Okay. I mean, you had the whole hazing situation. Okay. They were, you know, I mean, they were doing something called a dingaling car wash. Okay. That's what they were doing at Northwestern. They weren't playing football, they were hazing their players. And David Braun comes into Northwestern. They win seven games. Seven. Seven games. They made a bowl game. And they had a game to spare, too. So, I mean, that right there is the epitome of most surprising team. No one had any expectations for him. And he won seven games there. I mean, that that's one of the most impressive coaching jobs I've seen in a while. Um... Excited to see what David Braun can do moving forward. But that's my most most surprising coach and most surprising team in Northwestern. All right. Those are some good picks. A dingling car wash, okay? That's what they were doing. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right. Sorry, guys. We just... um. Did some talking, and because of how packed this week is, we're going to have to break it down into two episodes. So instead of analyzing all the championship games in this episode, we're actually going to do that in the second one we come out with this week. But to end this episode, we're going to do with who we think is going to win each major award in college football. So Michael, take us away. All right. For the Heisman, I am picking, as I said earlier, Jaden Daniels, uh, yeah, he's my Heisman. You look at the stats. I don't care about the record. We're not determining record. We're determining Heisman, and it's Jaden Daniels. All right. Um, just so I'm not the same, I'm gonna go the only other possible person to win this, and that's Bo Nix. I also think it's mm-hmm. gonna be Jaden Daniels, but let's be honest, they're probably gonna give it to Bo Nix because Oregon contending. Um. All right, what's uh, what's the next one? Um, next one we will go is the Belitnikov. That is the top wide receiver. There's a lot of talks, of talk, excuse me, about who this could be, and a lot of people, you know, like oh, Maserati Marv. He's had a great year. He really has. But for me, for me, the pick is Roma Dunza. Dang it, man. Dang it, that was my pick. No. Hey, I mean, you can still go him. I mean, this is just 
your opinion and my opinion, but Roma Dunst has been ridiculous. 73 receptions, 1,326 yards, 13 touchdowns. You know, Malik Neighbors, you could throw his name in. You could throw Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name in. A lot of other really talented receivers. Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Malik Washington out at uh, UVA has had a, you know, sneaky good year. Uh, Luther Burden third. I mean, you, you know, you could even throw in my man Elijah Surratt at JMU. Okay, he's been ridiculous. Oh, but it, my gosh. Hey, I mean, he was really good. Uh, he's been really good this year. I mean, but Roma Dunza, man, um, absolutely ridiculous. Every time I'm watching a Washington game, I expect Roma Dunza to make multiple big plays, and that's what he's done, you know. There's obviously arguments for Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors, but Roma Duns is my pick. He's been ridiculous this year. Uh, yeah, Toby. Um, yeah, I gotta go Roma Dunze too. I think Marvin Harrison is the people. He's the overrated pick. I think Malik Neighbors is statistically the best, but I think the best wide receiver in college football has been obvious this year. Roma Dunze, as Michael pointed out. Not only just his ability as a wide receiver, the way they've used him, but seriously, if you look back at all the important games they've won, and there have been a lot, Roma Dunze has made the play. I mean, he's been crazy. And yeah, I see him winning the Blitnikoff. All right. Um, moving on to the last one that we've talked about so far. We might do some more, depending on what time looks like. Um, but the Doak Walker Award for top running back. And I have to go with, again, my man, Ollie Gordon, the sit out at Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon, uh, for the Doak Walker Award. Led the league in rushing yards, 1,580. 20 rushing touchdowns, too. Uh, yeah, he was ridiculous this year put oklahoma state on his back uh he's kind of the obvious pick in my opinion if they give it the blake core i'm gonna be really disappointed toby okay hear me out you're either gonna agree with where i'm coming at here or you're gonna clown me since you took ollie gordon i actually don't even think it's ollie gordon you're gonna think i'm crazy i think it's cody schrader i honestly if he didn't get hurt up to this point. I think we can both agree if he had not gotten hurt statistically too. I think Jonathan Brooks, it would have either been him or Ollie Gordon or Cody Schrader. Jonathan Brooks was on an insane pace, but Cody Schrader, man. I mean, gosh, unreal year. I just everything. This, this Missouri team is becoming one of my favorite college football teams of all time. The 2023 Missouri Tigers. I mean, absolutely crazy. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, Amazing how well they've been. Um, you want to do? Do you think we got time for um Chuck Ben uh Ben the Nurky Award? That's for the best defensive player. You got a name? I think we have time for it. I think we have time for it. There's a lot of ways. You know, I'll you you start or you start. Yeah, yeah, you go, you go, you go. A lot of way places I could take this one. Um, I think you could throw out a name like Malachi Starks, who I think has a really good shot of winning it. 
safety out at Georgia. Uh, and he's one of the finalists. But my pick for the award, he wasn't even named as a finalist. I think this is extremely disappointing. And maybe you could say it was because of the injury. I don't care. He had maybe he had one, he had the best defensive season in my opinion, and that's Jalen Green out of JMU. Call me a homer. I don't care. He hasn't he he missed his missed numerous games now, and he still led the nation in sacks at fifteen point five. I believe he still leads the nation in tackles for a loss. I don't care how many games he played. If the stats say he's had a ridiculous year, then I think you got to give it to him. That's my pick. Jalen Green uh, should undoubtedly be an All-American. And it's disappointing that he wasn't named to, as a finalist for this award, but he's my pick for it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of places to go with this one. Um, you know, there are so many defensive players. Crazy enough, I'm not going to pick one, okay, because I want to highlight a guy. Okay. I don't think he was the best defensive player in college football this year. I know you probably wanted to talk about him, and you didn't, and I thank you for holding off, but I want to talk about a guy that no one's talking about when it comes to defensive player of the year finalist, and that's actually a Georgia Bulldog, Michael. Kamari Lassiter. Kamari oh. Lassiter all year. He let go of 10 receptions. 10 receptions is a corner. I don't know if you understand how hard that is. I mean, multiple star receivers this year in the SEC had over 10 receptions in a game. And Lassiter let's go of 10. He didn't have any interceptions. He didn't have crazy tackle numbers. But... It is a lost art being a lockdown corner. I just want I just wanted to highlight him. He had an absolutely insane year, and I don't gotta tell you that, Michael. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Teams just look the other way when they see Kamari Lassiter for the most part. I mean, he will shut down a side of the field. Um and I mean his, again, as you point out, his tackles numbers, but I mean the tackles that he did make, he is a surefire tackler. When you like I've seen reports from like um, from coaches on that Georgia staff, and they talk about it. They talk about Kamari Lasseter as being the best tackler on that team. There's a lot of great tacklers. I mean, and your corner is your man. Kamari Lasseter is a great tackle. Uh, but, yeah, he's had a ridiculous year. Um, but, yeah. I think we got time for one more. Okay. I think we got to go. Moving away from players, I think we got to go with the Broyles Award. This is the award for the best coordinator, the best assistant coach. I think uh, when you look at the announcements for it, uh, um, they they released the finalists. It was Mike Bobo at Georgia, Phil Parker, the Iowa defensive coordinator, Mike Denbrook, the LSU offensive coordinator, um, Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator at Michigan, and Will Stein, the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Uh, my pick, it's got to go to Mike Bobo. Maybe this is me being a little bit surprised. You might say, oh, a Georgia guy, whatever. I did not have extremely high expectations for Mike Bobo. A lot of Georgia fans did not like the hire. 
or of Mike Bobo. Uh, now, I wasn't as critical on him as some people were, but Mike Bobo has undoubtedly been, in my opinion, the best coordinator in college football this year. Um, really, ever since that Auburn game, his play calling, he has utilized Carson Beck's skill set to the highest degree. Um, and the way he's scheming up uh, plays is ridiculous. You look at the X's and O's. I mean, truly amazing stuff from Mike Bobo. I didn't have a lot of expectations for him, but man, he has blown out. He's blown every expectation out of the water. Mike Bobo is a big reason for Georgia's success this year. If we didn't have them, we'd probably lose that Missouri game, in my opinion. Yep. Um, that's a great pick. I'm leaning towards... I'm probably going to go Mike Denbrook. It's really close between him and Bobo. But personally, no matter what I think, I think Bobo has it locked. That's just my opinion. The only way I could see Bobo not winning it is if they gave it to the Michigan guy. I forgot his name. But Sharon Moore. Yeah, Sharon Moore. Just from recency bias, I could totally see him doing that, which would be a disgrace just because Mike Bobo, high expectations, completely blew him out of the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. But um, I think we need to finish it off with, you know what? I think we know that with the head coaching award, um, I don't have the I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but whatever. Best head coach this year. All right, wrap it up real quick. I'm gonna go with Eli Drinkowitz out at Missouri. Um, again, we did not have high expectations for Missouri this year. Um, he blew out every every everything. I mean, the level that he was at this year uh, was ridiculous. Um, you know, again, you could go to Kalen DeBoer. You can go to, um, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of names, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's been ridiculous this year. Um, undeniably, uh, maybe it's, yeah, uh, you could throw, excuse me, uh, David Braun at Northwestern, you could throw his name too. But, yeah, Missouri, um, what Eli Drinkwitz has done was huge this year for Missouri. Uh, and, you know, it's really good that Missouri got him on a, now looking at it, a pretty affordable contract they signed last year. They gave him an extension. And uh, looking back on it now, I mean, that was a great deal. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some, you know, in the, some coming in the coming years, some big schools calling his name. I would not be surprised at all. Be yeah, I could. Um, for this. I could see it. Yeah, as good as Mike Braun's been, I don't think it's. I don't even think he's up for debate. Mainly because it's between two guys. It's going to be Drinkowitz, but if it's not him, it's going to be Caleb DeBoer. I mean, both guys had an incredible year. I lean heavily towards Eli Drinkowitz, but um. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. This been uh this been a crazy, crazy regular season. Um the postseason is bound to bring us some some historic moments, man. I'm excited for it, man. It's been it's been crazy. Yeah. I mean man, you just love I mean, how can you not love college football? I don't know how anyone can. 
it is here. it's the best sport it really is there's 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 nothing like it um but as to this episode i think that wraps it up we are 100 percent coming out with the second episode this week i mean we got to preview those championship games they're going to be crazy but um as can, for now hey can i it. will pull off the upset okay i do no. want to say this for all all you betting people out there i just want you to try and understand how crazy this is if you have a power five team going against a group of five team that's not very good you sometimes get plus a thousand plus 1200 crazy odds iowa is plus 1500 against michigan mm. now let's be honest iowa has no shot of winning but Tend to win 180s, crazy. I'm gonna be honest. Like that's absolutely insane for a championship game where honestly anything can happen. I mean, I, <sighs> I could, you know, I don't think they're gonna do it, and we'll talk about this later. But I, I could see a blueprint for them winning this game. Oh, 100. Well, and again, it would require a lot of defensive touchdowns, but um, it is very if, possible. If there's anyone that could do it, Cooper DeGene, I mean, he, he could do it, you know. And J.J. McCarthy, he's bound for a bad game. I mean, he threw three interceptions against Bowling Green. That's hey. all I'm saying. Who knows? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the College Football Degenerates podcast. We will have, a, again, an episode coming out later this week, so stay tuned for that. We'll preview all the conference championship games. Um, and we'll have a lot of stuff for you um, throughout uh, the bowl season, um, moving on and playoffs and all that stuff. But... Yeah, um, we really appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, it does mean a lot to us. We just we really love doing this. Uh, I know the episodes have been a little sporadic recently. We've been busy, school, all that. But we truly love doing this for y'all. Um, I want y'all, again, make sure to rate the podcast uh, if you have not already. Make sure you share it with your friends and family. It means a lot to us. And make sure you follow us on the socials at College Football Digitals Podcast. Uh, Toby, anything else? Nope. Um, I want I want to do my my best my best Michael impression to end the episode. So um, <clears throat> well that'll that'll be it for us. So um, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>